our perceived roadblocks to discipleship and missional living are, I think, just usually an extension of our own preferences and fears. It's so common to assume that the things we've seen as barriers to discipleship or living in a missional community or building community, it's so it's so common to think that it's unique to our own context or neighborhood or life circumstances. And I want to tell you, trust me, they're not. We hear them all over the world. The limitations are almost always personal preference and fear and limiting beliefs, like no one will do this or no one wants to come over or no one's interested, but they're not true. And we hear the same pushback and excuses all over the world in every context. These roadblocks are so common though, because they all flow out of the same place of unbelief in our human self-loving hearts. This is the Life School Podcast, episode number 220. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Good to be with you again, Heath. Good to be with everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for dialing up the Life School Podcast with us. <laughs> yeah, there, you know, there are a lot of options for podcasts. So when people are loyalists and they're like, we listen every week, it is like, what an honor. Like, I heard something this week that said... Are you kidding? It's the golden age of podcasting. Get in now while it's early. There's less than a million podcasts. And I thought, <laughs> less than a million. But it, it was and it was a talk uh, as opposed to like um, blogs. Yeah, There's 40 billion blogs or something like that. So Jeez. podcasts, you know, they're maybe because it's harder or maybe yeah. it's more work. It I don't know, work. you know. But um, yeah, if you're tuning in, we're one in a million in your life. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. We appreciate that. Thank you. And please, please share the podcast. Like, all you have to do is, you know, share it out. Like, yeah. where you find a link or run into something on Facebook, which you, you know, take that extra second. We're actually working on a little kind of weekly contest where um, we have to figure out how to track this. Yep. But if you'll share a podcast and we can tell it, like, that's what we're working out. Then we're, every week we're going to do a random drawing and give out a twenty-five dollar Amazon gift card. Just for, so that's coming. Just for sharing the show, yeah. Just for That'll sharing it out to your weeks, friends. Yep. And and if you share it like two times, then you get two entries. If you share it like every day of the week, then you got you know what I mean. So that's yeah. how we're going to run it. But anyway, we're just working on a little technology, and then we're it'll be, be there. Do. Yep. Hey, we got a good review this week too uh, from Leslie and RVA. Thanks which, for that, Leslie. Like rural Virginia, <laughs> maybe I don't know. But she says, Caesar and Heath, thank you for being instruments of God's grace in so many lives, mine included. I would consider your teaching and examples about living life on the mission of discipleship among the foremost influences in my personal journey. Wow. Nice. God is using you to bear fruit in my neighborhood as well as many others, I'm sure. So, man, thank you so much. Thank you. I don't know if RVA is like Roanoke, Virginia, or I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Leslie, hit us up on the Facebook group. Let us know. But Tell thank us you. Thanks for your kind words. What a privilege to be one of a million <laughs> podcasts yeah. that you're listening to. No, but what a privilege to have influence in your life and, and neighborhood. We don't take it lightly, just nope. so you know. We we really, really don't. It's by God's grace that we get to do this and the things that we share. If they if they connect at all, it's the work of the Spirit. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yay. So today we're talking about 10 roadblocks to discipleship and mission. And uh, you're yeah, not going to hold I, any anything back, are no, you? No, I'm, I'm going to get after these 10. Here's how we got these. Uh, I was doing a training recently, and part of the audio from today is coming from that training. Yep. 
And uh, but how I collected them, and I'm always looking for these things. Is I was doing a live training, and beforehand, um, I, during the week, I maybe some of you were involved in it. It was during the um, the challenge I did, right? The yep. discipleship and missional challenge. And the first day, I said, "Hey, what are some of the roadblocks keeping you from discipleship and mission as a lifestyle? Like really, really digging doing in it." it. Yeah. And we collected all those and like sifted them and tried to like put them in the same kind of categories. And we kind of came up with the top 10. And so, um, and they really connected. Like yeah. not only had I heard them before, but they were really well, they were really well articulated by people. And so, um, yeah. So what I did was, is in each I give like, here's, here's, here's the roadblock, you know, and I kind of do them in reverse order, okay. but I kind of, I had two top ones. So I kind of make them the bookends, right? Sure. <laughs> I'll probably say that again in the tape, but, um, but what I do is I don't just, I, I can talk about the roadblock pretty quickly because there's 10 of them, right? And it shows, you know. 30 minutes, right? So, um, but then I give a question, like a diagnostic question to help get to the thing behind the thing. Which is and a help, big thing about what we do here. Yep, yeah, and unlock our hearts a little bit. So um, it's pretty fast paced. Um, write them down, yep. <laughs> you know, as you go, pause or whatever. But uh, it's, I think it's gonna be super helpful because chances are, if you're listening to this, you have, you feel one of these or you feel five of these or you feel all 10 of these. Yep. And just like, you know, uh, you heard in the opening, it's, they're generally connected to our own fear and limiting beliefs. They're just, there's nothing that the gospel doesn't overcome. So anyway, let's listen in yep. and then we'll come back and uh, share a few more thoughts. Great. The first, and I'm going to do these, by the way, in reverse order. So I'm kind of going from maybe the least big to the, the, the biggest one of all. But you know what? This one here, misunderstanding what the mission is. Um, I put it as 10 because I wanted to talk about it first. <laughs> and it's kind of the bookend to roadblock number one, the biggest roadblock. So follow along. So that's a little brrr, little challenge for you there, right? Um, but we talked about this Monday, misunderstanding what the mission is, is a huge roadblock. And if we still think, as I was trained, and as maybe many of you were, and it's still deeply ingrained in my head, that the mission is to get everybody saved and get them into church, and then wait for Jesus to come back one day or wait to die and go to heaven, then we're probably missing out on the actual mission, which we talked about, which was the only mission Jesus gave us, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples in every nook and cranny, in every neighborhood, in every nation, teaching them all that I've taught you to, to obey my commands and to walk in my ways, right? That's the mission. And that's a huge roadblock because if we still have sort of this pressure that I got to, oh, I'm a bad Christian because I'm not constantly dropping tracks on people and trying to close the deal at every turn. There are times when the spirit will say, hey, you need to share like the full gospel program with this person and offer them, you know, to walk with them in Christ and like seal the deal. But generally, that, that's more about, quote, evangelism than discipleship. And so misunderstanding what the mission is is a huge roadblock. Because if you don't know the mission's discipleship, which is slow and takes time and it's life on life, life in community, life with people, then that's a huge roadblock. Because, you know, if you're heading this way, but the mission's this way, <laughs> and you feel there's like a lot of pressure for you to close the deal there. And in this way, you just get to share your life with people and share Christ and the gospel as you go in every area of life. Well, that's a huge roadblock, right? So ask yourself, this is the question, if this is a roadblock for you, am I willing to allow the spirit of God to reshape the rhythms of my life so that discipleship now becomes the focus instead of other things, either the wrong mission or just my preferences in life or my hobbies or whatever. Are you willing to allow the Holy Spirit of God to reshape the rhythms of your life to be focused on discipleship? So that's the first roadblock. Okay, next. Roadblock number nine. 
uh, a lot of people say, well, no one in my church is into this missional thing. They're just not into it. Okay. Well, um, that could be the case, partly because of roadblock number one. They don't realize that discipleship is the only mission of the church and its core to who we are, why we've been created, and why we've been saved. Because as we make disciples of Jesus, we're accomplishing God's eternal plan. Fill the world with him, his own glory. Jesus is the glory of the Father. So if no one's into missional in your church, well, Maybe they are, but it might be a language barrier. They might be into Jesus and God being glorified in all things, but somehow they think they're just kind of waiting around with the behavioral modification type of Christianity. And so that that's a roadblock. You know, no one's into it. But you know, if they're not, I want to challenge you. You be the person. You get started. You do the learning, right? You get after it. Here's the question to go to roadblock number one. Am I willing to make small, intentional steps, myself and as a family, slowly, and invest the time and the resources to learn more about living and modeling this lifestyle with others. In other words, are you willing to be the change that you want to see? Like no one in my church is into this missional. I'll guarantee you, your pastors, your elders aren't saying, I'll, I forbid you to make disciples in all of life and have your life completely freed up by the gospel and focused on others and just live one life instead of the schizophrenic two lives. Like, you know, all right. If they are, that's you probably shouldn't be at that church. If they're forbidding you from like a lifestyle of discipleship. So are you willing to be the change? Are you willing to allow the spirit to, to change you in those ways? Okay. So that's roadblock number nine. Here's roadblock number eight, counting down. Just saw David Letterman on TV today. Kind of reminds me of his countdowns, right? Number eight, the roadblock is, well, everyone lives too far from each other. Like we're in a small group or we have a missional community, but a huge roadblock is we don't have proximity. Well, I want to say proximity is king. Like proximity is a big deal. It just is. And if you are spread all out, see, think about it. discipleship in all of life, life in a true missional community is like life as a family. It's very, very hard to do life if you're all spread out and everything has to be a big giant meeting and people up driving in from 20, 25 minutes away or whatever like that. Okay. Um, now, when we lived in Manhattan, proximity was just like, as long as you were within a couple stops on the subway, that was like, wow, we live in the same neighborhood, right? So there is differences. But but the point being is, if, if you think everybody's too far, well, are you willing to make new relationships? Are you willing to say, hey, and, and like, say you're a pastor, are you willing to say, hey, I know we started our small groups based on the night of the week that sort of worked best for your schedule. Well, that's totally a me, selfish, consumeristic choice right? Like, are you willing to, if, if it's up to you, either for your small group or your community or even your whole church, are you real willing to re-jog the map a little and say, hey, we got to start hanging out like in proximity so we can do life on life together, life in community, life on mission together. Are you willing to do that? I mean, that could be tough, right? And you're like, yeah, but I love these people, even though I hardly ever see them because we only meet once a week or once a month or people miss or then we take the summer off, right? See, that's the why proximity is king. Because if you see like these people here out my window and this guy over here and Kevin across the street, and it's like, I see them all the time. It's easy. It's easy to go, hey, what are you guys doing for dinner? Tina made way too much. Come on, you know, right? Or I run into them at the same gym. Like half my neighborhood, we go to the same gym, you know, right? We drink beers at the same pub, right? It's that kind of stuff. So here's the question to ask yourself. Um, are there people living near you that you're willing to reach out in friendship to now? And ask God to guide you into building new relationships of proximity, both believing and not yet believing. Are, are you willing to ask God to show you that? Are you willing to, okay, I'm building new relationships. I love those people, but I can't do discipleship in all of life with people that don't live near me. Just like I could never 
raise kids effectively that don't live in my household, right? It's very hard. And some people have split families and maybe that's yours. And you know how hard that is. I want, to, I want to encourage you to work really hard to get after proximity. And here's another other half of that question. Are you willing to move to where others might be and join them in mission? People say, oh, that's crazy. I can't sell my, sell my house for this. What? <laughs> it's not your house. It's dad's house. And I'll tell you, I know lots and lots, too many people to count that have moved for the sake of mission. They've moved into a neighborhood where God's called them. They've moved into a pocket of other believers who are like-minded and trying to live this way. Other people have moved to join them from across the country or across town. See, we're part of our identity as missionaries and missionaries go. Missionaries go and you go where God's called you. So it might be that God's calling you to a different neighborhood. So ask yourself, are you willing to? Anyway, let's go to roadblock number seven. Uh, we had a lot of people bring up finances and say, it's this is too expensive to live this way. You're talking about having people over to our home, maybe weekly for like an open table or doing like a weekly barbecue or happy hour or br br you know a brunch thing, like a breakfast club. We're pretty tight on our budget. And I get that. Um, when we first moved to Tacoma, we really had no visible means of support. There was a little bit of support coming in from a handful of family members in our old church. And we were kind of living off of uh, our meager savings. Then Tina got a part-time job. And uh, so did I, because we've always been bivocational. Started working with some property and flipping apartments. Anyway, stuff like that. It was, there was not a lot of money. And yet God was leading lots of people to our home. Almost nightly, we had people over for dinner or breakfast or whatever. It was crazy. And... Um, couple things is, for one, you got to trust God. He'll provide. Secondly, don't think it has to be this big elaborate thing where it's this ginormous spread. I, I've coached someone recently and they did their first neighborhood sort of get together and invited everybody. They literally said it cost them $300. I think it was $250 or $300 in stuff. You know, and they had like six or eight people show up. And I was like, whoa, well, thank you for your generosity. I wish I could have come and gotten the shrimp platter and escargot and killer champagne. I don't know what they spent it on. But then after that, they said, you know what? We were, I think, trying to impress versus just trying to invite people into the family. And so now they do it. They still do it. And they're on a limited budget, but they do it much more normally. So it's like soup and salad. It's, you know, like whatever. The other thing is invite people to be a family, right? We always teach people, treat people like family, not like guests. So very common when people say, oh, hey, sure, I'd like to come over. What can we bring? And we're like, oh, that's okay. Nothing I got it. Thinking you're blessing them. No, it's the other way. Family members, you're like, great, bring this. So here's the question with Roblox 7. Ask yourself, what creative ways can we have simple meals or parties with those God is calling us to treat his family? You know, are, like you can brainstorm this. You can get like in the seven moves course I was talking about, there's whole download sheets, Tina's tips for awesome on how to do this. Here's a whole bunch of menus. Here's a bunch of, you know, easy stuff. Here's ways to do it. Here's how you invite others to help with the kinds of things you want to provide and ask others for so the meal doesn't get screwed up. So and then are, am I willing to humble myself and ask others to treat me like family and pitch in on these meals and parties? And by the way, too, if you're in a missional community, you're like, yeah, but we're the host because we have the bigger house. That doesn't matter. Like, so you're using the resource God gave you. Ask others in your community to always pitch in and be a part of that, right? Okay. Roadblock number six. People say, well, we've never seen community like this before. That's a huge roadblock. We don't know what it looks like. And... To that, I say my heart breaks a little bit for you because I know it's rare. I know when we, when we, God was starting to cap our head and hearts like this 20 years ago, like we're reading the book of Acts and he's like, 
you know, and I was traveling overseas doing a lot of missions work. And I was in the bush and I was in Africa and war zones in Thailand and Burma and war zones. And when we were with the church, they were like the family of God and they were on mission and it was their whole life. And we'd come home and it was more like, we're putting on the show, you know, and here comes the next service. And, and, and I loved all that stuff. In fact, I was in charge of it. I was head of production, but, um, when God led us to say, you know what, you look at the book of Acts, you get to live this way. You get to. Um, and we moved out to Tacoma, West Coast, and started trying to do that with some other friends and the Vanderstelts and others. Um, it was it was weird. and was different. And um, we had not seen it. And so we just had to get started and we had to get going. And we couldn't let a roadblock that we'd never seen it. Because it is, it is too rare, unfortunately, because the model, the vehicle of a church service, which doesn't accomplish everything of life, it is on us a little bit. So like the question to ask yourself, if this is your roadblock, number six, is am I willing to be a part of forging new rhythms in my life and in my church and family so that others can see and experience the kingdom of God enacted? Like, are, are you willing to sort of stumble forward? Are you and, and are you willing to get the books you need and training and coaching or, or maybe invest in like the seven moves course? Because that'll walk you. I'll walk you through each little step anyway. I'm, I'm, it's not a hard sell. I'm just saying, are you willing to invest? If you've never seen it, to have people who live it and have seen it and help a lot of other people or at least read books and get started. Remember, small is big, slow is fast. And you can do this. So don't, because you've never seen it. Well, a lot of people never saw a healthy family and yet they got married and they had kids and then they got some coaching and they got some counseling and they got help. So get going, get the help you need. That, that would be my advice to that roadblock. Okay, roadblock number five. Um, well, I don't have the right home for this. A lot of people say that, like, our home's too small, or we started a remodel project and the trim's not been up for two or three years, or, or whatever. I've been there, I've had it all. Um, I'll tell you where this really died for me. A couple of things that showed me, like, it has nothing to do with size, has everything to do with your heart. When we first moved to Tacoma, our very first missional community that we formed with a bunch of 20-somethings, and they were like rock stars and all their friends and groupies, but they had some faith and they were leaning into discipleship and their friends were looking at this lifestyle and loving it. Um, we met for months and months for our weekly family dinner and a whole lot of partying and hanging out and doing the story of God in a, literally about a 300, 400 square foot apartment. It was a little bigger than a studio and we would pack 17, 18, 20 people into it all the time. I mean, it was literally you're stepping over each other to get your food and all, and no one cared. Nobody cared. It was so fun. The other thing is a whole lot of my friends from the UK and people that live in, in uh, England, their, their flats, their homes, their little skinny little walk-ups and their front rooms, they're just not that big. They pack them. And <laughs> I'm just telling you that, that you got to die to that. You got to die to having the perfect home. You got to die to having a big enough thing. Um, start hitting up the, uh, you know, Goodwill or the Salvation Army stores and getting folding chairs. Like literally people don't care. Uh, we had a initial community where as the family was growing, some of the younger members said, well, I want to host and I want to have my neighbors over, not just going here or being at your house all the time. See, and they, literally their apartment was like this big, you know? And so we all brought over like our mismatched folding chairs and donated them to the cause and a folding table because it had to go away. And we've even done these things outside. So it does, you don't have to have a perfect house. Here's the question to ask yourself if you feel like this is your roadblock. Do I believe that God is good and he's given me the right home and right place exactly where he wants us right now to love on his other kids? Is God mixed up somehow? Did he make a mistake? Or are you actually living right where you need to? 
and you need to sort of die to that perfectionism and all and, and ask yourself, will I love people more than my need to have the perfect place or to feel like my house looks like home and garden because like, you know, my couch has a tear in it or whatever. Throw a blanket over it. No one cares. I just want to encourage you. All that people are looking for is a place at the table, you know, or the tray or the plate. You know what I mean? Like, this is not a roadblock. It is only in our minds and it's out of love of self and fear. Okay. Which is wink. One of the other roadblocks coming up. Okay. Roadblock number four, believe it or not, professional or vocational ministry can be a huge roadblock to doing discipleship and mission. The people who work at churches are often so busy and so packed with like at the building commitments that they're rarely in their neighborhood. When I was working at one church, a big mega church back in Chicago. Um, I had no relationships with not yet believers, none. And I was at the church building probably six days a week. Some most of those days, very, very long. Some, maybe one of those days would be short. And then we had multiple services on Sunday. I, I just knew nobody. And it can be a huge roadblock, ironically. And some people don't go like, well, my ministry is my ministry. You know, that's why I work in ministry. I'm blessed. I get to do this full time vocationally. That is a blessing. But then they're not actually making disciples in everyday life with anybody because they're just too busy. Well, so here's the question to ask yourself. Okay. Um, is official ministry actually keeping me from spending time like real life on lifetime with believers and not yet believers? Is it? I mean, just be honest with yourself. It was for me. Is it keeping you from being in the normal rhythms of your everyday life, playing in the yard, raking, helping people with their yard work, seeing them at the park, getting a gym membership, picking a pub you like or a cafe and hitting that regularly? Is it is it in the way of that, actually? And if so, um, what are one or two things? I'm not saying holistically get it going and, you know, drop the bomb on your staff or your elder board or whatever. But what are one or two things that you could stop doing, like really, like right away? That, that would start making time to spend in, doing life in community with others and, and more time with your kids and taking your kids by the hand in mission. See, some people have, they have like a family and then they have their mission. That's at work. This is professionals, right? That's my mission is like, I'm helping to lead this church or I'm preaching my guts out every week. They have a family plus they have a mission. Some people have a family that has a mission. So like, yeah, but once a year, my family and I, we go to, you know, like overseas, we go to Guatemala or something. We work at this orphanage or we help build churches or whatever. What you want to have is a family on mission. And I, I just want to encourage you as an older brother who turns really old again this month. <laughs> um, you want to have a family on mission. That is your first point of that's it. You and how you live it with your kids and family. You will never look back and go like, you know, I spent way too much time with my neighbors and kids making disciples and everything. I should have spent more time at the building. <laughs> you won't. You never will. Okay. Roadblock number three. Um, now we're getting down to some painful ones. I'm going to be picking a few scabs here. Insecurity and fear of rejection. People, you know, people, a lot of people put like, what's, what's a roadblock from keeping me living this way? Way more open and, you know, picking, you know, going into the pools of relationship that are out there and watching the rings relationship and really starting to build more relationships, looking for people of peace, having people over to eat more. It's insecurity. Like, I don't know what I'm doing or I'm afraid they're going to reject me and, you know, if I offer and they say no, it's like I'm done. Wow. I feel that. I still sense that all these years into it, though God has completely showed us that he's got people for us that want to live and do this life with us always, everywhere we've lived. But the thing behind the thing there, it's really self. It's really kind of, you know, like I want to protect me 
and I like everybody to like me. And so, you know how I protect me and everybody's opinion to me? I just don't. And I, I'll throw up lots of smoke screens about what's the real issue. <laughs> but the real issue is that fear of man, right? Instead of seeing that the glorious one, the father God looks at me and goes, I love you. I see you as completely perfect and redeemed in, in my son. I, I love you. I'm crazy about you. Like we often say, if God has a refrigerator, your pictures on it up in heaven, you know, right? And so the question to ask yourself if this is your roadblock is, do I love myself and my image, what people think of me, more than I love people and Jesus and the mission? Do you really? And ultimately? Because if, if, if fear of rejection is keeping you from it, that's what it is. You don't love people or Jesus more than you love protecting yourself, right? Do I believe I have... And here's the bigger question. Do I believe I have the full love and affection of the father, our perfect father in heaven? Do you believe that? Regardless of how it goes or who shows up or whatever, or how a person responds, do you believe that the glorious one loves you completely? And his opinion is the one that matters and counts. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that the father actually wants you to live on mission, inviting more and more of his kids to your table? And he's willing to walk with you and empower you and provide everything you need. Do you believe that? Yeah, I hope you will. I hope you will. And we'll get you past that roadblock. Uh, okay, big one here. Roadblock number two. Um, everybody says, I'm just too busy. <laughs> I'm just too busy. Um, well, yeah, everybody, I, this, I'm going to be quick on this one, even though I could spend like whole courses on this. Everybody has exactly the same 24 hours a day, right? 24-7. I doubt, I'm just gonna be honest with you, I doubt you're busier than I am, <laughs> okay? Um, I'm just saying, like, we are very busy people intentionally. Now, we're not freaked out and frenetic about it, but there's always a lot going on. There's a lot in our life, just like yours, and I do a lot of this kind of teaching and training and writing of courses and books and travel and training and all that, right? We all have that time, but you know what? A friend of mine, Steve Timmis, once said, we all choose to do exactly what we want to do every day. We do. We choose to do. It's like, if you're saying, well, my job is, it takes me this long to get through it. Well, you, you chose that. Like no one held a gun to your head and said, you have to have this job and you have to work this many hours. Well, you don't understand. I do if I want to, you know, the boss is like, well, no, that's a fear of man issue. Like you could have a different job or you could trust God to tell your boss, you know what? I, I have to leave at five every day because my family dinner nights with my kids are way more important. I'm sorry. I'm going to work extra hard. I'll try to get in a little bit earlier if I can. Or I'm not working weekends more than once a month. Or I want to just trust God for a different job or whatever it is, right? We all do exactly what we choose to do every day. And we're not all that busy. Here's the here's If you feel this, and we all do, <laughs> okay? So you're in good company, right? Chief of sinners here. Um, here's the question to ask yourself. Whose life am I living who sets my calendar? My, see, notice the word my and I. Do I love people in God's glory enough to allow him to change my schedule, to challenge some of my choices? To Like, will, will I believe that God loves me enough and, and desires to fill the world with his glory and, and have us be people who, his disciples who make disciples to the point that I might change jobs or have the boldness to have a sit down with my boss and just explain to him, I can't, I can only do this. Or make less money and maybe live in a smaller house because that gives us the time to live the life that Jesus died to give us. Are, are you willing to do that? Right. Are you allowing, are you willing to allow God to change your schedule so that it's his schedule, that it's his calendar, it's his priorities. 
Do you even ask? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Do you even ask God, how many hours should I work this week? When should I be home? Lord, who's, who's coming over for dinner this week? Who should we invite? He'll, he'll tell you. He's been waiting to. Okay, and then the biggest roadblock, roadblock number one, is self. It really is. It's me. It's me. It's my comfort, my preferences, my traditions, you know, and I say tradition because sometimes it's like, well, you know, I'm very comfortable. I'm very happy just going to church. You know, that's what we do. That's what we've always done. The preaching's great. I love the choir. I love the music team. I'm a part of it. And, and you know, and there's no way, I mean, because I'm so busy and I have, you know, I have band practice on Thursdays, you know, for a worship team and I got this and then I, I'm setting up for mops or whatever. It's like all my traditions keep me from actually doing it because it's me, it's self or my comfort. You know, I'll be honest with you. I get home and I'm just fried. I'm going to get home from work and I'm just, and I need some me time or people will say, well, I'm just too introverted for this. Well, introversion, extroversion has to do with how you recharge, not how you love people. If you're an introvert, then get a little time afterwards before you have people over for dinner or make sure you are really Sabbathing well. Okay. But introversion, extroversion has nothing to do with living on mission and making disciples. You're going to do it in the way that God leads you to do it. Okay. Self is our biggest roadblock, the, the, the truth be honest, our preferences, our comfort. So here's the question to ask yourself. Am I living my life and teaching my kids and church and others that my glory and comfort and living out this American dream life or whatever, or European dream life are really my priority? And they can see it by how I spend my time and my resources. Like, what am I showing people? Whose glory am I living for ultimately? And the word glory, right, is to show the world what God is really like. Am I living this for my glory and my comfort and preferences or his? Remember, we serve a Lord who came from a throne and took on flesh and walked among us and was killed and his beard ripped out and tortured and killed so that we could exchange our selfish, self-focused lives for his life that was focused on others to God's glory. Are you willing to let God do that in your life? Do you believe he loves you just how you are? And if you never make any changes, actually, I got to tell you, the good news is he loves you exactly the same. That's kind of the crazy scandal of the gospel is that God loves you right now as much if you never change anything and completely live kind of the narrow or I mean the wide road of destruction. It's all about self. Or if you allow him to put you in the narrow path where you actually live for others, for God's glory. He loves you the same either way, but you get to live this life. You get to live this life, okay? I just want to remind us from day one, what is discipleship, okay? Discipleship is the process of moving from unbelief to belief in the gospel in every area of life, absolutely every area of life. So any of these roadblocks, any of them that you have, ask yourself, what am I, what am I believing that's probably not in line with scripture, with God's heart, with his character, what am I believing that's not in line with what God says is true of me? That part of my identity, my restored identity in Christ is I'm part of his family of missionary servants who have been sent now as disciples who make disciples. What am I not believing? And would I allow God to grant me repentance, which is a new mind and then living in light of that truth, right? See, discipleship needs to happen in every area of our life. And that's why we've been talking about this all week. It really, really does. And these roadblocks are real but they're all connected to unbelief. They really, really are. Whose schedule it is, whose time it is, who I fear the most, who's most glorious. Uh, do I have the right house? Is God good? Does he know where I need to live? All those things. They're all connected to unbelief. 
and making God and the gospel a little too small. Wow, there's so much in there to pull through. I'm flying through, through those, yeah. you know. Like I'm, lightning I know, round. I know I am. The one that stood out to me just with my phase of life and just kind of the, the group I've been yeah. in for is number four when you're talking about like professional and vocational ministry. Being a roadblock. Yeah, it's amazing to me how many people are like professional pastors and so they take their hat off when they leave the office and then it's like family That's time. That's whole thing. I got a family and I got a mission. Yeah. And my mission, I get paid for. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> so it's I have no so time bogus. for people over here other than my kids. Yeah. yeah. It is bogus. And, no, that uh, one really stood out to me. It's like, oh, good reminder. Uh, yeah. So so as we're heading into the big three, yep. Um, I think it'd be good this week if I took each of those roadblocks yep. in order, brrr, added them to the big three. So it'll be a second page this sure. week where I'll put all the roadblocks and the corresponding diagnostic question. How about that? That's great. So it might be helpful too to like people that listen to this that have like a missional community or a group that they're trying to do this with. Or to take it to the elder out. board, yeah. share it with your elders <laughs> yeah. when, when they're against <laughs> when you get kicked them. out of church. Let us know. <laughs> uh, no, but like if you if you have like a missional community to actually maybe sit down and have some honest conversation of like. Where is everyone at? Where are their Hand out the roadblocks and then yeah. talk about them and then pull out the diagnostics or something. Yeah. Like, and right. Then speak, so it'd be then good, you know how to speak the gospel good into tool. each other's lives. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we're going to give that away as part of the big three, which is a free downloadable PDF. Uh, but the big three is every week we kind of give our distilled, what we want you to walk away with. If nothing else, yeah, don't, nothing miss, else. don't miss this. Yeah. yeah. And you get them for free by going to one, two, three lifeschool.com forward slash big three. Yep. And again, this week you're getting the big three and then the 10 questions, 10 roadblocks yeah. and the questions. the questions, whole little toolkit for you. Yeah. All right, Caesar, what are the big three for this week? Okay. First one, uh, our perceived roadblocks, they really are just usually an extension of our own preferences and fears. Hmm. That's, that's the thing behind the thing. <laughs> yeah. You could almost just apply that to every one of them. I was like, well, I don't really like it. So I'm looking for an excuse, yeah. right? Kind of thing. So it's very common to assume that what we're facing, our barriers and everything are unique and, 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 like I talked about, everybody says it like, oh, you don't understand, but that probably works for your app, but not here. Trust me, they're not. Mm. <laughs> they're just not. The limitations are almost always personal preference, fear, and some sort of a limiting belief about others. Okay. Well, I, you know, like one time, like at a high school, you were being a jerk trying to share your faith and the person treated you like a jerk. So you're like, well, no one ever wants to hear me share my faith. It's like, it's been 40 years since you tried and maybe, maybe like open up your house. And Go you, for it again. Or yeah. buy somebody around and tip well or, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Second one. Don't miss this. God exists in community, like three in one, right? Yep. And he's created us for life and community as well. So we're thinking, oh, there's all these roadblocks. It, trust, then God's being thwarted. He's not. Jesus made disciples in community in a totally all of life way. And he invited, he invited his disciples to do life together with him as he introduced them to his father, our father. Hmm. And he showed them what life in the kingdom of God was all about together. So we were created for this life in God's image, and it's also the environment God uses to grow and mature us into Christ. So he's not going to leave these roadblocks out yeah, there. Absolutely. Like I said, they're mostly in our head, but anyway, but we are image bearers of his. He exists in community. That's how Jesus made disciples. We get to. It's yeah. God's plan. Yeah. Love that. Number three. Okay. Number three, this is sort of the hands, you know, head, heart, hands part of it. Uh, question, which of the 10 roadblocks have you been suffering from? Like if you're listening to this. Mm. Let's change that. You know, get the download here. Um, circle or write down any of the roadblocks that you think have been keeping you from really making disciples in an all-of-life way. Yep. And then ask yourself that corresponding suggested diagnostic question and pray for the Spirit to guide you to truth connected to each of those. It's very easy to keep our walls up and we're so sure of our excuses and all that. So ask the Spirit, please point that out. And then here's here. this is like rubber meat in the road. Share what you learn with someone else close to you, your spouse, a co-leader in your small group or missional community or your whole missional community, ask for their feedback and then accountability 
to live out the truth as you move forward. Yeah, as you started in the big three, I was thinking, there's many times where I don't believe something, but I think I do. And it's other people around you that go like, eh, you probably actually lean more towards this than you think. And so <laughs> yeah. that's a good one to go like, yeah. What out of those 10, what would you say? And I was looking at these and I think Spirit's putting his finger on that or ask somebody else, what, yeah, do, you like, think? what do you think Watching about my me? life? Yeah, yeah exactly. Great. Great. Right. So you get the um, big three as a free download by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash big three. We'll give you the the three that we just mentioned and then also the 10 roadblocks with the corresponding questions. Yep. Uh, nice, easy. Look at that. Zip. Yep. Hey, uh, if you haven't yet uh, subscribed to the podcast, like on a weekly basis, and whatever kind of app us you're out. using, iTunes yeah. or Stitcher, we're on Spotify or, or now. A million, yeah, we're on Spotify. So things are taking Please off. Please do subscribe so that you don't you don't miss them. Because yep. uh, there's so much going on and it's it's hard to catch up. And so please do that. Leave a review. Yeah. Right. We it's appreciate that. Obviously, we read some of them out yep. as we get rolling in life in the show every week. So please do that. Yeah. The thing I love is, I mean, we have not missed a Monday in over two years. Every single week it's there. And so. Uh, praise we'll, be to God. <laughs> praise. We'll keep doing it as and long as you keep listening. thanks for your hard work on all the editing, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I actually like doing it. Yeah. Hey, next week we're talking to... Uh, a modern day apostle, I would say, yep. is the best way to describe it. My good buddy, it. Yeah. Hugh Halter. Yeah. A renegade. If you know Hugh, then you already love Hugh and you're going to not want to miss it. And if you don't, trust me, this yeah. is a good, cool dude. Yeah. Like a really cool guy, an amazing guy, and funny and fun to be with. I miss him so much. Anyway, but we, we, uh, we're going to have a good talk and share yeah. it with you. Awesome. So. so Hugh Halter next week. Be with us for that episode. I think it's going to be a blessing to you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, you can visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast.